The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. Wow, I'm shiny AF right about now, but anyway, too late for that. And on sound effects is our man in Brooklyn with the Lokes on. Well, he's not in Lok- uh, not in Brooklyn at the time, but that's right. He still got the Lokes on. One agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? He wants his daddy's records. <laughs> look in, you know, uh, look, look, look right here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> only, only certain people, only certain vengeance people will get probably either one of those references at this point. Oh um, gosh, <laughs> uh, man, Star Wars is forty-five years old. Can, you know, Stop that! I'm just saying. Anyway, um, prequels are over twenty. I know. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, but we'll get into some of that. At least, at, least, at least Phantom Menace is over 20. That is correct. Yes, that is correct. But yeah, we'll get to some of some Star Wars talk a little later. Uh, right now, we can, um, um, this program, you can find us on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can find us recording every Thursday night. Yeah, we're back on schedule. Um, <laughs> uh, Nine thirty ish. Well, and I said, you know, it's, it's because uh, it's because of the holiday weekend, and I was out of town. But I would have probably been watching Top Gun Maverick uh, tonight had things gone according to somebody else's plans. Right. Well. Yeah, we do have a um, movie protocol coming in the next what couple of months. So, yep, it it, it is well, a thing. Back to the credits. Yeah, back to back to our plugs for sure. For sure. Well, I'm pretty much finished now because um, you can find us recording uh, Thursday nights every every Thursday night. Excuse me on uh, the Cold Slither podcast. Wait, hold on. That's not right. Uh, you can find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. on the Click Nation's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to click like and subscribe and leave all the five-star reviews. This is, this is what happens when you go off script, folks. You just get all discombobulated. But um, all my fault. No, no, not your fault. Not your fault. Because I was thinking about thinking about Star Wars, and I was like, huh, well, 
Um, but yeah, so we are first actually going to get into a star of another time uh, type uh, starting off the show. We're going to actually do a very quick recap of uh, Star Trek Picard Season 2, since that is all wrapped up. Actually, I'm pretty sure there's probably a recap out there, but it's too late to find that out. And it's just well, because there was really not much. Well, there was a lot they did this uh, season. Like, they put a, a few different uh, pieces on the board. So, first off, there was, like, the whole time travel thing. Well, first off, I guess, before, even before that, um, there's a whole thing with Q, uh, which I guess that ends up being the, the start and the end of it. But there's also a thing with the Borg, which, of course, if you know anything about uh, Star Trek's, I mean, um, Star Trek's and Picard's um, uh, particular uh, history with the Borg, you, you know, those are kind of closely tied. And it's all kind of wrapped up in Star Trek four in a ways. No whales involved, but there's definitely some time travel. They slung shot. They went back to the 21st century or something like that. They got into trouble, um, uh, which ended up having to do with Borg. Apparently, Data's, um, Data's we'll, we'll call him um, ancestor. Right. Uh, it's not his creator, but no. his creator's ancestor. Correct. Um, was involved, which like his creator, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, they're all exactly. They're all. They're all. They're all looking like those genes. Quote unquote. Those quote unquote. Those genes ran strong. <laughs> oh, guess what? Guess what? What's that? We were right about when we were going to get a particular upload. Ah, mm-hmm. I, I kind of figured that was the case. <laughs> Love Actually, it. probably if it's finished, that's that's sooner than I thought it was going to be. That's funny. Um, but in, but in, at any rate, so yes, we have a soon that came into the picture. So, um, there was that to be to, to dealt with. There was a meeting. Well, I guess, a um, a pre meeting with Guinan because we know, um, Picard and Guinan met, but way earlier than this particular timeline. Uh, but nevertheless, there was a, there was a young Guinan in the mix um. Uh, so yeah, they had a, a few different things going on in this particular uh, season, uh, and it all wrapped up surprisingly de- uh, decently, I would say, because it was like, and there was a, oh, and of course there was a whole other thing with um with um some picard uh one family history and his um dealing with some family issues that he's uh had that we never quite that he's never quite dealt with right or at least not not directly right. a lot of the stuff had been hinted at right and uh you know not even hinted there was just a a a, a mystery and right. what ended up happening is that it turned out to be a lot darker than we originally knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even suspected. We it was it was a lot darker than we even suspected. Let's true. put it that way. Right, because it seemed like it was going one way, and then it was like, nope, it's going the whole another way. And apparently, and I guess, <laughs> I guess you could bring this um uh get, bring this back into play. But uh, um, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart and redheads. There, there's a thing there. That that is a um, this is the continual throughput. No harm came to him in this particular uh, uh, meeting, but there was some harm to, to uh, at some point. So, right. 
but nevertheless, like I said, all of those things kind of, um, kind of, um, kind of uh, wrapped around this whole season. Of course, the crux being uh, Picard's, you know, uh, dealing with his, uh, his his family or some some unresolved family issues that he's had, um, and also, I guess, a present uh, dealing with a lady friend of his that uh, he was kind of crazy to rebuke at the at the beginning of this <laughs> because of uh said issues that he was uh apparently dealing with so hopefully that's been rectified but um at the end of it we pretty much got a new board queen which uh who ends up being somebody from the cast somebody stays in the past because you know it can't be a star trek if someone doesn't either come to the future or stays in the past which is kind of sad because i i, I kind of like that character and i wish he could kind of had stayed uh in the quote-unquote present or the future or whatever it was so right right i mean what's funny about it is they make a point of returning to uh, the quote-unquote present, you know, right. uh, the, the far-flung future. Mm-hmm. So they have basically completed the story on that character. And, you know, they give that character something of a send-off. Right. But, yeah, I kind of – I was kind of uh, taken aback by the fact that they did that to that particular character. Right. I thought that he he had um, – you know, he provided a lot of um, spark to the cast. Agreed. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and – uh, I thought I was just kind of surprised by that. Yeah, same here. And actually, in even in the the grand send off of us here, I was like, now why did y'all have to do him like that? Like that whole, uh, well, he died as he lived thing. I'm like, really? Did you have to do him like that though? <laughs> right. Um, which you know, it's it is what it is. But yeah, I was kind of surprised to see that character go. And uh, of course, uh, the new Bo Queen, who is um, who is uh, the former Doctor Gerardi now after some chime shenanigans although that whole thing with um with um um i'm drawing a blank on dude's name but um when they got back to the present slash future the the one person was like well where's captain where's captain uh rios rios that's his name like where's captain rios and picard's like look stay on task (laughs) don't worry about that I'm sitting here like, okay, so it wasn't, and, and obviously it wasn't like, okay, so they went to the past and just erased his whole history. It's just the fact that he wasn't with them when they came back. Yeah, uh, he's just but, like, let's not worry about him, folks. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got bigger things to uh, to deal with. Um, and apparently, uh, speaking of, which we got the new board queen as a uh, holdor now of a transwarp. Um, portal or whatever the case they call it i can't remember uh what they call it so so now oh, right, there's right, an right, right, right. yeah so now there's an alliance with the borg uh because of I, all of that I, I, I was i was just gonna say just just wanted to to uh add a quick addendum to that it's always funny that i will almost always find a harry potter reference roddy cat will make a game of thrones reference at times, and I haven't even seen all the Game of Thrones, which is the funny part about oh, wow. it. <laughs> That's, That's the funny. funny part about it. That's funny. So, um, but yeah, um, and the whole Q thing situation, the the, whole, the Q situation was taken taken um, um, was was taken care of with some bit of finality, which was kind of sad but touching. You know, it was it was an interesting send off to uh, to to John Delancey and Q. Um, you know, and, and imparting some gifts. We also even get a um, a uh, a guest, a cameo by a TNG cast member, 
in a role that I had totally forgotten about. He had uh, he that that was um that was uh, he was placed in uh, near in his time. He's basically a watcher. <laughs> basically, basically. I mean, uh, you know, have you basically gotten to like the end of like the recap? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, like, there's really much enough that, like I said, uh, uh, Wesley Crusher comes in. He's he's a, a traveler slash watcher. Watcher. He recruits um, um, Doctor Soon's creation, Corey, who was played by the young lady who was played another. Well, I guess played Data's daughter, or whatever the case was from the first season. Um, so that's the whole thing that happened, and Picard's pretty much living, living, living happily ever, <laughs> happily ever until the third uh, season, which they've already filmed apparently. Right. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I can't think of anything uh, much else uh, to to go on. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, what I was going to add. Or, or at least comment on is the fact that uh, in in a offline mess, you know, in a, a pre-show message, Roddy Cat and I were sharing some thoughts of you know how we were going to talk about uh, Picard as a whole, mm-hmm. and you know, Roddy Cat was able to share with me uh, an Easter egg video and kind of a you know a thought a video that also shared thoughts of you know where where might season three go given how season two uh wrapped itself up and there were so many uh, so many references and plot points that were uh touched upon you know from from throughout you know trek not Mm -hmm. just the original series series not just tng you know there was uh some deep space nine stuff there was discovery stuff and all that stuff is at least the discovery stuff, a lot of the original series stuff is beyond my purview, beyond my comprehension. So I was only able to catch, say, like one out of every four references they were talking about. So I'm glad that Roddy Cat's able to speak at length about this and lead the discussion because I, you know, I was just sort of enjoying it for like the 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 the, the, the fact that it was nice to see you know, Picard doing his thing, mm-hmm. you know, even with a different group of people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and, and it's been teased that more TNG cast members are going to be coming back for the third season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll enjoy that. But all of the, the, the smaller things, the nods to other storylines and other events and even other places you know, are completely lost on on a fan like me, but I think Roddy Cat is the type of fan who would appreciate a lot of that stuff. Yeah, like some of the disco stuff, I wasn't because I haven't I haven't gone through the whole of disco uh, discovery, so that some of that stuff was like, oh, okay, I didn't that that part I wouldn't have known because it looks like I hadn't seen that much of discovery yet. Um, right. But yeah, pretty much everything else was like, all right, I was nice and geekily, <laughs> nice and geeking out over there. You know, okay. including oh yeah, I guess the one the, there was the one piece because I think I, I might have mentioned it, I can't remember if it did, but the um, the Data's ancestor thing, who apparently, as of what we found out, is uh, responsible for which we knew. Kind of, I guess in Trek history, we kind of knew was responsible for uh, the Eugenics Wars, which uh, brought upon Khan. And that so I don't know if we're going to see that or they just kind of laid that as like, okay, here, here's a part of history that we know that was a, uh, that was a thing and just kind of, kind of, uh, 
laying down some some um, some bricks for that one. So, but yeah, uh, all in all, like I said, I, I I remember saying when uh, when it first started and when we first kind of was talking about it. Which granted, we didn't do a blow by blow like we normally do, but I remember saying like, yeah, they were throwing a lot in this particular season. Um, and they did take care of most of the stuff satisfactorily. Like I said, the stuff was real. So it was like, okay, that's weird. And I didn't, wasn't expecting Jiraiya to become the new board queen, but I figured they were going to do something w- crazy with her. Um, which she had a couple of nice little turns in this also, but I guess it was a, to expect it to be expected, you know, uh, seven and, um, uh, Raffi had there, had a nice little moment between them also. Uh, during the course of this, I mean, they had some trouble, but also, you know, they it, it came out in a way. Although the end of that also weirdly came uh, came out of a weird uh, because so at the beginning at the end of the the first season we see, um, well, actually, excuse me, at the beginning of the series uh, season we see Rios as a captain back in Starfleet as a captain, and we see Seven of Nine. With his ship, with his old ship, um, as a ranger, which she was at the in the the first season, so that's not really you know not not really much different. But at the end of the season, we see that she is now captain of his Starfleet ship, and he's off in the past. So, and you know, it was like, wow, so she's just just gonna take over all of his seats, huh? <laughs> so that part was also kind of kind of weird. Like, this is just shunt my man off the out of the way each time, huh? You know, because the Borg Queen's got got his ship or had his ship. I don't even know what happened happened to the ship anymore. But yeah, it was like he was, ba- he was basically retconned. Yeah, <laughs> he was basically retconned. Which, he was written out of existence. Which actually, in, oh, and that in, part, in a couple of uh, a couple of uh, instances, right? Which actually kind of funny because that does remind me of Discovery in a way, from what I know of it, because. Discovery took place like 10 years before TOS or something, or either Enterprise or something like that, regardless. But then they end up shutting them into the future. So, and I think what they end up having, it was like, we will never speak of this crew ever again. Or no time soon, because they got shunted into the future. And then they got Strange New World, which is pretty much taken over, which is which is pretty much before TOS when Pike was... Uh, in in charge of the uh, enterprise, so they just like nope, don't talk about none of that anymore. They're in the future. We don't. They don't matter, or you know whatever it may be. So I was like, they did pretty much did a similar thing with Rios, <laughs> except he's in the past. Gotcha. So that that whole thing is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, all in all, like I said, it was a pretty good season. I am looking forward to season three because, as Agent Seventy said, we are definitely got shades of uh, some TNG cast members. Well, we are. We talked about it. I know before that there are TNG cast members that are coming uh, into the fold for season three. Whether Wesley's coming back, we don't know, but I assume they would have put that there for no reason. Right, right. You know, because that character that he's going off with, who I can't remember is her name, Corey. But I'm sure she she's going to have an additional storyline based off of that. That's what I was. That's yeah. what I think is going to happen. So, right. All right. So yeah, that was that was uh, St- Picard. <laughs> uh, we're going to go into books. Um, I was about to say, you, did you catch that? It was mad low. I didn't realize it was. Oh, no. So no, do it again. Hold on. I thought it was louder. My memory says that it was louder, but I guess it was pretty down, down, 
downplayed. Uh, I mean, it it was louder, obviously, depending on what you were listening on. But yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't like yeah, blowing out your ears loud. Yeah, I remember as being loud, loud. But right. you know, maybe I'm just you know misremembering. Did you see it in the theater? Mm-hmm. What year was this out? Oh, Rathacon eighty. Three eighty four. I could be wrong. Um, I want to say I might have, because I have this weird set of memories of my parents taking me to see movies, mm-hmm. and me confusing, like thinking that I was like in a, in a like a school auditorium, and I think it was actually the theater. Mm, Eighty two. Yeah, I might have, mm. because I distinctly remember seeing the bug thing coming out of Chekhov's ear. They put things in our ears. Yeah, so yeah, I just I absolutely remember, remember that as a kid. Yeah, I absolutely remember going to the theater seeing Khan. So, um, which yeah, like That's you, music. Yeah, um, uh, we went to the theater. We went back in my days. We used to go to them. So, wasn't even supposed to see those movies. Listen, I was having a this is completely off topic. But I was having a conversation with someone who's a little bit younger than who's of a little bit younger vintage than myself and Roddy Cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 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 subject of the never ending story came up, mm. and this this conversation happened over text message, and the the, the person I was c- conversing with typed in a treu, and I recognized that as the as the correct spelling, and I said, "Hey, I didn't know that was the correct spelling for a long time. This is pre closed captioning for me." Right. <laughs> 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 right. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Pretty oh yeah. Closed captioning. Do you think <laughs> we knew how to spell half of these characters' names? Yeah, and who was and no one was really staying around for the credits. You, you know? know? You know, the 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 the, the music started playing, the credits start rolling, people were out. <laughs> you know, there was no such thing as post credit scenes. Right. Exactly. <sighs> That's so funny. It's just funny that that came up in that context, you know? That's great. Oh. But, <laughs> That's uh, great. <laughs> all right. So moving on. Yeah, so I we're think gonna... we are uh, done with Star Trek Picard. Yeah, we're going to get into books of the week, and I totally forgot to get the cover, so that's going to mess me up when I do the captioning later on, but that's a, that's a me mm-hmm. thing and then nothing else. Uh, we're going to start off with Avengers, number 56. Yeah. All righty, as uh, President Bartlett would say. Much next. So, Avengers number 56 is written by Jason Aaron, with art by Javier Garon, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. So I can actually put bring this book up uh, for reference. So this, uh, it's not a, it's not necessarily a standalone because it does play into the greater story that has been unfolding involving the multiversal masters of evil but what it does do is spotlight the character of jane foster and i think what it is hinting at at least is some are some aspects of uh marvel universe and marvel cinematic universe synergy Mm -hmm. you know there's some aspects of Jane Foster's character in the Marvel Universe, comic book universe, that uh, are being 
resurrected or resurfaced hmm. so that we have some synergy with the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder MCU movie. Mm-hmm. Namely, Jane Foster as Thor. Right now she's running around as the primary, not the last Valkyrie, but the primary Valkyrie. And uh, this story involves her dealing with the last temptation of the Valkyrie Hmm. by uh, multiple members of the uh, Council of Red or the uh, Multiversal Mephistos. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is, uh, as I said, a spotlight on Jane and, you know, some of the things that she has to deal with uh, when it comes to uh, breaking out from under the trap laid uh, you know, laid out for her by these, um, by this, uh, by, by these uh, particular Mephistos, these multiversal Mephistos. But uh, there, there, as I said, there are also hints of uh, some synergy between this version of Jane Foster and the MCU Jane Foster. Oh, absolutely! Did you? I so I giggled when it first started because when it first I was like, it was all a dream, and then I was like, she woke up with Thick Thor next to yeah, Thor. that was funny. I was like, okay, I see where they're going with this, but this is a this is a silly way to start. <laughs> I was like, all right. And you know what's funny is that uh, I also got thrown off a little bit by the timing because the Mjolnir we see is not the shattered Mjolnir that's running around in the pages of Thor right now, right? Which would be a more synergy with the MCU. Mm, I see what you're saying. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since it was like a, a, a quote unquote dream or, you know, a a, um, a, a, a virtual scenario, I guess, as, as it were, given that they put her under. Um, yeah, I guess some of that could have could have been clues to, to what's really yeah. going on. You know? Yeah, but, you know, bottom line is, you know, this was like a nice little, you know, fo- uh, spotlight on the Jane Foster Valkyrie character. Mm-hmm. And, but but they definitely wove in a little bit of that MCU synergy as well. Of course, because like like you said, we've got a movie coming out. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, it, it was it was um, it was interesting. So, yeah, and there is a, apparently she's uh, Jane's still got some. Uh, temptation to deal with at the end of that book, um, and which they're supposed to still be doing a, a Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. Uh, there's supposed to be another Mighty Thor book with Jane Foster as Thor coming up, correct? Um, I thought there was, and I feel like we talked about it at one point, but and it was so as a so. yeah, um. So I'm, I'm so I was thinking and I brought that up because I was like, well, I didn't think they were going to be doing some of that here. Uh, and I thought they were going to be saving. They were going to be saving some of the synergy. So the MCU Satan synergy for that to particular book. But I guess since Avengers are right here and it's a whole multiversal thing already, I guess it makes sense that some of that stuff kind of comes out here. So, um, I guess that's it. Uh, if you got something, unless you got something else to go off on. No, that's it for this book. All right. Uh, do we want to do zip, 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 zip? Amazing. Sure. We will move on to amazing. Just give me a moment, and I will pull it right up. Amazing Spider-Man number two is written by Zeb Wells, with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, 
colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VCs Joe Caramagna. So this is the second issue of this newly rebooted Amazing Spider-Man, which is uh, moving the story from the ending of the previous run on Amazing Spider-Man by five months, I think it is. Something like that. Yeah, five, no, six months. Yeah, it's moving it up by six months. And some things have changed because at the end of the previous run, we had uh, Peter Parker in a very distinctly non-Parker luck place. Right. He was in a pretty good place at the end of that and then only to turn it around. Right. And it seems that the Parker luck has turned for the Parker luck way. You know, you know, it has turned the way Parker Luck normally turns, and we are left with a little bit of a mystery. It's very similar to what Donny Cates has done in The Hulk, where, you know, there's a, a some sort of tri- triggering event that leads our hero down a certain path, and we're left wondering what that was. In this case, it's something that uh, causes MJ and Peter to become estranged and to have Peter... Uh, as Spider-Man be on the outs with a lot of his normal allies. Uh, It pushes him into the uh, crosshairs of uh, one Lonnie Lincoln, a.k.a. Tombstone, and we have some Tombstone-centric storytelling here, also involving the White Rabbit. It's interesting to see the White Rabbit uh, take on uh, an increased role and you know uh, having more increased visibility now i'm not surprised that they gave her a marvel legends figure you know i know that right. she was in um you know uh uh, uh what call it craven's last hunt storyline oh that last one yes 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 yeah not the last hunt but the you know the craven's hunt or whatever that was right um, I can't remember what uh, you know, it was. But, I know but. that she was in that, but I was always curious as to why the White <laughs> Rabbit got a Marvel Legend. But now it's interesting to see that she is at least playing uh, uh, a decent role in this, you know, current storyline. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, this is just another chapter in the unfolding story of you know what it, what this new status quo for Spider Man really is. Right. And yeah, and because of the fact that, uh, as you said, uh, it's gone down deeper into the Parker luck. um, (laughs) I love how Norman Osborn kind of picks, not only picks up on it, he kind of, in his own way, kind of mentions that. (laughs) Like, well, when he walks in, he's like, well, this is normal. (laughs) Right. Kind of rubbing it in. Good job, Norman. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, yeah, way to be the dink. Um, and, um, and I guess because of that, we start to, because of, uh, this, we start to see, um, shades of where we have been teased to, uh, be going with the storyline with, in relation to, um, or at least we can, it can be assumed as Dutch with, um, with Norman Osborn and Peter. Although I didn't, it's I didn't uh, suspect that uh, what happened uh, in the course of this issue <laughs> was going to be the way that happened. So basically, Norman uh, came by to Peters to uh, ask him a favor or to, I guess, call in a marker because of the fact that at some point that we, I guess, we did not know, we haven't seen yet. Um, uh, Norman helped Peter 
or Spider-Man. Well, I assuming I'm, I'm assuming it's Peter at this point. Um, but it's according to the footnote, we don't know what that is. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what wasn't it the last storyline that we just got out of? Cause there was a lot of that, you know, which, and there was an allusion to that also went in another uh, footnote that happened. So I guess that wasn't it. So I guess whatever it is that, um, Norman helped Peter with, uh, I guess it's something we're going to see at some point. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, but that's, um, basically as you know, the, uh, Peter's indebted to to Norman, I guess, and, and he ends up doing something for for Norman, which is kind of funny. Uh, before going off to be sp- to be Spidey, and we're also getting um, classic Tombstone seemingly coming back into the fold because of uh, because of the, what happened in this and uh, last issue. So, uh, which is um, yes, yeah, kind of cause some issue. Well, has already caused some issue for Spidey. Let's just say. At the end of this issue, um, but yeah, overall, it's overall like, yeah. oh, I was just gonna say it's like the next chapter in right. like this opening arc of trying to figure out, you know, where Spidey is now, like in the grand scheme of things. Right. I feel like this is uh, well. I guess given what happened at the end of this uh, issue, we are pretty much going to see a Hawkeye slash Thor like, hey, I need. Some I need a new suit. Uh, that's a little bit more um, armored, or whatever the case may be. You think so? Of, I think that this might be what ends up, yeah, being the cause of him getting a new suit. Mm. It, it it just kind of reeks of it because, like, like I said, we've seen it with Thor, we've seen it with with Hawkeye. You know, we've we've seen it with Spidey before. Heck. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, come on! How many variant Spider-Man uh, action figures do we need, right? Right, but more apparently. Right. So, um, so I guess we'll we'll find out out for certain in the next issue or or two, uh, unless they plan on teasing it out. But uh, but I, I I feel like that one's kind of a you you can you can pretty much call it on that one because he was not in good shape at the end of this issue. So I you know. <laughs> So I, I I can't imagine that not being the case, and if not, hey, I, I'm happy to be wrong. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, Amazing Spider-Man. So, like I said, we're still on the hook for this one. I'm definitely not reading Savage Spider Spider-Man, which also came out this week. Because <laughs> I'm done with that book. <laughs> I, I did notice that. I was like, yeah, I'm out. No, I'm not even looking at that. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I'm not doing it. You, you had me, Casey. You had me for a minute, and then you you pulled that mess. Although I'm, I'm, I, there is a kind of morbid curiosity, but no, nah, I didn't read the last issue, and I'm not, I'm not, not doing it, not doing it at all. All right, um, one more book, and then we guess we're going to the rapids. Um, Moon Knight. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the last book that we have in common. And then mm-hmm. we're going to diverge and talk about the other books that we've read. So right. Moon Knight number 11 is written by Jed McKay with art by Alessandro Capuccio, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. You want to start this and then I'll uh, pick it up from there? Sure. It seems like they're they're wrapping either... It feels more like they're wrapping up this volume and I, uh, than just the storyline um, and maybe it's because we've kind of been into this place before. It was like, yeah, things are starting to kind of get wrapped up and there doesn't seem to have been any leads to going any further than this, but I could very well be wrong. 
could very well be wrong. But we see um, uh, Moon Knight Tigra and I guess uh, what's his name Winter going after Jigsaw and to save the life of uh, of Mark's uh, uh, psychiatrist, uh, who's again who's being held by Jigsaw, who's under the employ of uh, Zodiac. So we get. Uh, we pretty much get the the dealing with of the jigsaw kidnapping slash uh, getting the doctor back and then going into what is going to be seemingly a a confrontation with uh zodiac not, not sure for the last time but but um you know for the for this time coming also there was a weird i don't know if you noticed this or not and maybe i'm thinking too much into this but i felt like there was a slight um um Marvel's Moon Knight uh kind of kind of tie here in part of the resolution. I sense that. I did sense that. Mhm. Cuz you know, Mark ends up making a, a a deal because he has to be uh cuz he has to get somewhere and he had to make a deal which I'm sure he didn't want to make and that puts him back into the service of you know who. Right. <laughs> and even there were even, you know, uh uh, hints of, um, you know, a little bit of fan service with mm-hmm. Tigra, yeah. where she essentially voices the thoughts of the Marvel Comics fandom while watching the Moon Knight TV show. So, do you have your Moon Copter or like yes. Moon or or Moon Cycle or Moon whatever? Do you have any of that stuff? He's like, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I, I got none of that. Yeah, because because the one part we forgot about, well, not we forgot about the one part that has come up like well before now was like Zodiac cleaned him out, cleaned out all, all of his money anyway. So whether he had any of that in a, anyway, he had no access to get them, I guess. And right, that, realistically, right. he hadn't had any of that stuff in a in a good minute as of the comics. So, um. But yeah, right. when when and, she you know, brought that up, it was like yeah, that was funny. What I was gonna say, this is coming off of, um, this is coming off of um, the Age of Conchu. Correct. Right. So you know, none of that stuff had made any sorts of appearance. Even the money aspect had not made any sorts of appearance in a long time. Correct. Right. Oh, and speaking of actually that, the um, so the reason why Tiger was there was because she was. Um, she was um, spying on Mark uh, um, for the Avengers, which we knew about this because the, the 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 readers knew about this, but apparently we we assumed Mark didn't know, but apparently he did, <laughs> and that all came out in this issue. And it's like, yeah, I knew, and you know, we're friends. We were friends since the, the West Coast Avengers things, and blase blase, and like, yeah, I knew, but it, it was all good. Let's keep going. <laughs> so it was, that was another one of the things was like yeah they're really trying to tie some stuff up um, um, so I can only assume that the next issue is going to be the last part of this arc maybe the last uh, um, volume of this uh, book I don't know because I haven't seen the I haven't read the solicits to, to know if there's anything else coming for, for Moon Knight um, yeah I don't have any recollection of an announcement that Moon Knight was ending. Right. And as you said, I don't recall seeing if there's going to be like a Moon Knight 13 or 14 coming up. Right. I'd have to go back and, you know, we'd have to go back and double check the solicitations. So it's interesting that it does seem like they, that they're kind of wrapping things here 
you know, I, you know, I, I'd make the same comment about Philadelphia. Uh, I'll talk about that book later on in Rapid Fire. But um, you know, it, it seemed like uh, we're kind of rapidly getting towards a conclusion in that book, and I guess it seems like we might be getting to one in this book as well. Mm-hmm. Twitch, hey, the Moon Knight show is, is, has come and gone at this point, so if they were going to do it, this would be about the time to do it. But at the same time, right. like, hey, Moon Knight's a good character. Keep him around. You know, <laughs> if they have somebody to, with stories to, to write them, obviously don't just you know, exactly. If they've got, if they have good stories to tell, that's. I think that is a sensibility that, um, or a way of thinking that has evolved when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, you know uh, comic book stories and comic book publishing, where you know sometimes you know putting out filler arcs and filler material, much like uh, anime, just isn't worth it, and they would much rather. Uh, you know, reap the benefits of having a new number one as opposed to, you know, just continuing to put out maybe subpar stories until someone has a really good pitch. Mm. So it's a different, it's a different publishing model. And, you know, for the long timers like us, for the, uh, the people of a certain vintage, it's, it still takes some getting used to. We, we definitely lean towards the the idea that they're just looking to milk the whole number one issue sales boost Mm. and bump. But at the same time, you know, the, 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 the other side of that coin is not having to deal with weaker filler stories as they're looking for um, a, 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 an eye-catching, attention-grabbing pitch for a story. Yeah. It's, it's still kind of hard, though, because as you said, we, we come from an era where they're in certain cases were continuous stories and continued like the books just went on and on and on and on whether they were good or not you know good is subjective but still like there were books just just kept kind of kept on kept on kept going story 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 and no stopping right, right. well i mean you know there yeah there's there there's the you know we we obviously were uh, you know part of an age when you know certain creators were on a book for a long long time exactly. or at least were given the the the, the reins to tell like a 25 uh, a 25 or 30 story arc mm-hmm. and and then you know hand the book off to somebody else right so you know it's you know different times man different times this is true but yeah that was a uh, moon knight number 11 like so we'll see if uh anything we just said about the the ending of um the arc slash volume is the case uh coming up and i guess with that we can go into rapid fire you got it i ain't got time to bleed Well, since I don't really have to worry about getting covers, um, I guess I'll go ahead and get mine out of the way. Sure. Um, so I don't have as many books to go type them in, though, but that's just that. Uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number three. Uh, script and art by Sean Murphy. Or I guess, I don't know if he's going by Sean Gordon Murphy anymore, but I guess, yeah. But um, colors by Dave Stewart and letters by Anne World Design. So uh, this is in the world of um, the, I guess this is considered an else world slash black, black level. Um, in the world of um, uh, Batman the White Knight, uh, which I highly recommend. Uh, because I think this is probably one of personally one of the better Batman stories that I've ever that I've read. 
uh, all these series of books anyway. There's a couple of them that's a little, a, a little weak, but um, as a whole, the story in itself is really good. In this particular case, the, the beyond um, the White Knight storyline that goes where, <clears throat> excuse me, goes where do you expect it to into Batman Beyond territory? So uh, Terry McGinnis shows up, steals the bat suit, uh, the Batman Beyond suit for Derek Powers, who he's working for. Uh, what Derek uh, Derek Powers uh, apparently there's also uh, who apparently after Bruce Wayne went to jail. Um, um, help rebuild the city, and it's now almost neo uh, neo Gotham looking sort of, but also looks more like uh, future state uh, Gotham because there's this uh, police force called the GTO, uh, where Dick Grayson is kind of the head of at this point, and that's been a kind of a long running thing in, in this um, in, in in this world, um, or at least getting to that point. But the DG, the GTO is kind of like the future state cops in a, in a way. Uh, uh, but of course, you know, like I said, they there there was a whole thing. Batman went went rogue, and Joker died, or so support died. But even though the Joker's back in this book for some reason, um, in in Bruce Wayne's head, and uh, a few things, a few different things are going on in this world, and I'm I'm kind of digging it. Like I said, the the whole Terry McGinnis and the Batman Beyond thing is is one part of it, um. But also the fact that Bruce Wayne, who was in jail up until this happened, is now out of jail, except for at the end of this book. We don't know what's going on with him now because uh, um, uh, um, of a couple of things that happened. In the, well, what happened at the end of this book, which I will not spoil, but um, th- there are certain elements at play going on in here, uh, including the fact that... Um, like I said, Terry McGinnis is being misled uh, by this Derek Powers person. Uh, Bruce Wayne's like, nah, yeah, he's, Derek Powers is no good, and, and he got to be stopped. And um, and I guess vice versa. And uh, there's some bad blood between, uh, you know, a, a few key people here. And apparently we find out in this issue that Harley Quinn and uh bruce wayne were at one point married because of some events that happened in this world and i was like and wow yeah uh like i said there was this is this is the whole story in this uh and we didn't even get to see that like this was something that just came out between the the end of last issue and the beginning of this one uh even jack napier who is the joker who was the joker of this ish uh of this uh uh, world didn't even know that he was like wait I feel like I missed something at the end of the uh, last issue <laughs> which is kind of funny and I, I was saying the same thing when I read it but um yeah it's like I said it is it's some good stuff and I, I kind of recommend it. it it is not quote unquote canon I guess you could say but uh but it is still a good read it doesn't necessarily have to be canon or you know in, in the prime universe to be good stories and I would recommend you would have to go back to the beginning to kind of catch up on some things, but you can kind of get some things out of uh, out of uh, out of uh, this uh, miniseries. So that's uh, Batman Beyond the Night. Knight. Uh, next up is Aquaman 4, which is script by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas. Uh, pencils by Sammy Basri and Vincetti Sifuentes. Um, colors by Adriana Lucas and letters by End World Design. Um, I can't remember how many issues of uh, Aquaman are left. I think it's six. I'm not sure. But basically, uh, we have the coming together of Aquaman, Black Manta, Jackson Hyde, uh, Aquaman, Mera, and um, um, 
Tempest and uh, I can't remember what the other ladies name. But rather, there's this whole um, overreaching plot that there are Atlantean sleeper agents that have been waking up and causing havoc on the surface world. And uh, Aquaman, Arthur Curry, and uh, Black Manta has been Black Manta has been checking out in kind of secret. But now things are kind of all coming out in the wash. And Jackson Hyde's kind of been doing his own thing, and now he's kind of uh, in the uh, in the fold, much to the chagrin, because he doesn't want to work with his dad, who's Black Manta, obviously. But they seem to be coming to an understanding in this issue, and they're now um, planning to try to. Uh, continue to disrupt the plot or d- disrupting whatever is going on with uh, why these sleeper agents have been awoken and even though they've they've um, ended the, what caused them to go rogue in the first I mean to, to, to start coming out in the first place but there are still a bunch that are still kind of waking up even after they stopped uh, whatever signal was causing them to, to wake up uh, but so yeah, there's a whole big plot that um, that we still don't know part of with, uh, of uh, coming out of this, and there seems to be some foreshadowing, or at least at least uh, that's the way I take it, in, because of a light moment that happened uh, in the course of this issue. But we'll see if that comes to comes to play um, in the coming issues. How many more, wherever they might be. Um, next up. Sorry, I forgot I'm typing in some stuff at the same time, folks. So forgive me for the, the clackety clacks if you can hear that. And if you can't, hey, ignore me. Um, Godzilla vs. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number three. So yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> um, the Power Rangers are outnumbered. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Story by Colin Bunn, art by Freddie Williams II, colors by Andrew Dalhouse, uh, letters by uh, Johanna Natalie. So, yeah, like I said, the Rangers are outnumbered. Um, They're seemingly going, the fight's seemingly going bad until Godzilla comes back into play, but he doesn't care who he's hitting. (laughs) So that kind of a thing's coming on. Reed is plotting to not only get Tommy back underneath her spell, but also betray the the Planet X folks that are trying to uh, also take over the Earth. So there's that whole thing going on uh, with this. But um, it seems because of the intervention of uh, Godzilla in in the most Godzilla way, uh, the tide of the battle may be turning with the exception of uh, an intervention uh, that Rita uh, brought forth at the end of this. Um, I think I'm trying to remember. This is um, this might be five issues. That's the way most of these things pretty much go. So. Um, we got a couple of issues left. It's been fun. I, I can safely say that it's it's been some fun so far. Let's see, Captain Carter number three, written by Jamie McElvey, art by Marika Cresta, color artist at Matt Miller, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So at the end of the last issue, uh, Elizabeth Braddock got um was getting attacked at her home, but uh, she has um, taken care of that. So. The one thing I did not know going into this is whether, uh, well, what's up? Oh, no, no. I was just thinking about something. Oh, uh, Betsy Braddock wasn't sure whether Betsy Braddock had her, um, 
her her um, telekinetic powers, and apparently she does. I don't know if they just popped up here because she never used them before now in this particular uh, uh, universe or or I guess multiverse as it were. But um, but uh, yeah, she ends up using them and gets uh, gets a call out to uh, Peggy uh, because there are some shenanigans going on between in in the realm in the strike. Which is I get, which is pretty much uh, the UK's version of Shield. Uh, not surprisingly, the, the, a similar thing that happened with Shield, uh, where there are some um, some issues inside of uh, of Shield, aka Strike, in this particular instance, uh, some things are going on, and uh, they're trying to get down to the bottom of it, and uh, might be they might have found out that someone they've been dealing with is not who they say they are but there's some stuff that they're still um dealing with and that and i know this one is five issues so we only got a couple more issues left uh going on in this uh mini series and last but not least uh teen titans academy number 15 which i believe is the last which yeah is the last issue of this book. The main thing I can say about it, because now that I think about it, I, I kind of read it and I think I may have missed what happened the issue before last, because there was looking like uh, the kids had gone off to uh, to free Shazam, aka Captain Marvel, and some other things that was going on uh, while the Titans themselves are dealing were were one trying to find them. Two, I guess, trying to reopen the school, and three, trying to uh, split apart Cyborg and um, Changeling, aka Beast Boy, who had been melted together some kind of way. Which that kind of got taken, that part kind of got taken care of in the in the course of this issue, but it's still kind of a, a thing. Um, there was this other character called Chupacabra who um, must have broken off from the rest of the folks. And I think this is where we get a nice George um, George Perez um, tribute uh, with him and his uncle, who I guess he found in the pages of this, whose name is George, J-O-R-G-E, um, who is an artist. Go figure. So, and there was a nice little conversation between, uh, between these two before uh, they went their separate ways. And uh, if you, if, which I again, like I said, I think serves as a nice tribute to uh, to George Perez. So if you check this issue out, check it out for that. If anything else, and I think because uh, I don't remember if what happened at the end of this book. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I think this is pretty much it. Um, uh, for for this book, we were wondering whether this book was going to end at some point because this book started in sometime around uh, Future State, if I'm not mistaken their bite so we weren't sure how long this book was going to have any legs you know or whether they're going to try to keep it uh strange academy style which hey we hadn't seen that book in a minute now that i think about it but nevertheless no, they went on summer vacation remember yeah yeah i guess that's true so they actually already told us that they said oh you know this is our last issue before we go on like a brief summer hiatus oh uh, okay i i totally forgot about that yeah but you remember now that i mentioned it right 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 so but yeah, nevertheless, like I said, this um, that the the that tribute uh, to to George Perez, obviously, uh, you know, Teen Titans uh, artist, um, legend, one would say, 
Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, so that was that tribute. I think has spanned over two issues. I think that's the case. If, if, like I, said, if I, I recall correctly, that that George character first appeared like on a plane, right? And uh, that was, I think, in the previous issue. So I guess this is like the character's second appearance now. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I don't remember. I don't remember reading that last issue. So that's why I need to go back and, and check that out. But um, but I do. I, for some strange reason, remember that art, that the person coming up. I don't know how. Um, so yeah, that's it, and that is it for me. Who is the artist on this Teen Titans? It looks like there's multiple artists. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, written by Tim Sheridan. Sheridan. Art by Tom Derenick. Uh, oh, colors by colors. Peter. Yeah, colors by Peter Pantazis and Matt Helms, and letters by Rob Lee. And uh, Agent 7 had to roll out for a second, so I'm just going to skim something really quickly. Um, I'm back. Okay. All right. That's your last book, right? That was my last book, yes. All right. So let me rapid fire through my books. All right. Here we go. So uh, first up for me is Philadelphia number 22. It's written by Rodney Barnes with art by Jason Sean Alexander, Herman Eramuspe, and Nicole Palmquist. Colors by Luis Nicht and letters by Marshall Dillon. So uh, I, have, I have been a proponent of this Philadelphia book from the start. You know, and, and um, you know, just a, as a quick refresher, if you are a fan of American history and the musical Hamilton – um, there are definite, uh, uh, you know, there, you know, there's definite, there are different influences from that. And, um, Philadelphia is, you know, definitely of the supernatural bent. This book seems to be hurtling towards a finale, but it's hard to say. It could just be the ending of the, uh, of the current volume, but it seems like they're building to some, some sort of finale in issue number 25. So we're at issue number 22, so that means we have a few more issues to build up to the big issue 25. So mm-hmm. there's not much to say when it comes to how everything is going to um, kind of come together without spoiling everything. But I will say that it does seem to be building up to a big flourish in issue number 25. So um, it, it's it, it's still carries a very high approval rating from me and this issue does not disappoint but it does you know it's this is a terrible issue to pick up as a first-time reader because there are there's definitely a lot going on and you're going to miss out on a lot of the connective tissue that uh really provides a lot of the depth to this story if you're just picking up this issue um and having missed the first 21 Next up is Devil's Reign Omega number one. The main story is written by Chip Zdarsky and with, and with art by Marco Cacchetto. There are two other stories in here, but the main point, the, 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 the thrust of this book is to basically wrap up some of the loose ends, some of the loose plot threads that exist after the uh, last issue of the Devil's Reign limited series, the six issue limited series. And now we have the current or the new status quo of New York City being established for the street level characters, namely 
the OG heroes for hire, uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil one and Daredevil two, that being uh, Matt Murdock and Electra Nachios. Uh, that is the, the the new status quo for those two characters. And so, you know, we have uh, three issues that uh, three stories in this book that basically take us into that new direction. Uh, one to uh, help lead off the new Daredevil book, another to uh, basically kickstart the new Thunderbolts book, and the other to just deal with... Um, oh, hold on. There's, I know the, the, the third one also serves as a lead-in, so I apologize. My, my memory is failing me in this regard so i'm just going to click through our preview copy very quickly to refresh my memory um that's right so there's daredevils thunderbolts and i want to see what the third story leads into or is that or is that it i could have sworn it was three uh bear with me folks yeah thunderbolts uh, Daredevil. Oh, I could swear that it was uh, they're the leading into a third one, but those I guess are the two main uh, points that they are uh, leading. You know, using this book to kind of um, jumpstart and lead into. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, and also you know, helping to establish uh, Luke Cage as the new mayor of New York City. Next up for me is Hulk number seven. It's written by Donny Cates with art and, with art by Martin Cocolo, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So this is the latest chapter in the Banner of War crossover between Hulk and Thor, as both books are being written by Donny Cates. There are some interesting things that happen in this issue, but it's mostly a slobber knocker. Shout out to J good old JR of uh, wrestling announcing fame. Uh, between uh, Celestial Armor Iron Man, and if you think that's pretty crazy, it is. Uh, the newly... Um, the newly uh, Odin-powered, you know, King Thor, basically, and uh, the Hulk, whose um, power levels are um, basically cranked up to eleven in this. Shout out to um, uh, uh, Tap. oh my god, what is that 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 fake documentary called? Spinal Tap. That, Spinal Tap. Thank you. It, it told that 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 name totally uh, you know I've actually never watched that but I know that's a Spinal Tap reference. Yeah, neither have I. You know. So it's funny what yeah, it's funny what enters the pop culture lexicon, right? So yep. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see the Hulk's power levels being expanded upon here in this series, and uh, you know there is a surprise development involving Thor in this Hulk issue. So, uh, you know, it, it was interesting. And, and I was telling Roddy Cat before that this issue was fun. It was definitely fun because we didn't have the, um, the invincible artist whose name always escapes me because I'm not a fan, um, drawing this issue. Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley. Yep. I'm not a fan. <laughs> So, all right. Next up is Legion of X number one. It's written by Cy Spurrier with art by Jan Basil Dua, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So, 
Uh, in the wake of the way of X not really catching fire, uh, we now have the latest Nightcrawler-led book, but it has a, a, a definite shift in priorities, a definite shift in story, because now Nightcrawler is, and it's kind of hard to describe, he's a lawman. He's not exactly five o. He's not exactly the popo. He's not exactly a pig or bacon. All the bad, you know, slang that have you know that we've used to refer to police before. He's a little bit more like some sort of enforcement agent. You know, maybe a Fed type. You know, special agent. It's not you know like the 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 day to day policing that. Uh, that um, Nightcrawler's group does. And there's ju- it's just a very offbeat story. I think Roddy Cat will enjoy it. It's definitely, I, I, at least in my opinion, I think it's definitely up his alley. Okay. And last but not least is Punisher number three. So this is surprisingly a very entertaining book. You know, if you're not keeping up with this current iteration of the Punisher, the Punisher has been recruited to lead the hand, you know, the traditional ninja cult. And it's interesting because, one, uh, the, the, the current storyline in Daredevil has Elektra basically um, recruiting Matt Murdock yet again to take on the hand, but this time for real, like, you know, seriously. So I'm wondering if. The, the the two of them will be running into Frank Castle as the head of the hand in the very near future. So there's some convenient retcons that have happened in the first two issues of The Punisher. And now we have another one in issue number three, which kind of implies that much like Conchu in in the pages of Moon in the pages of Moon Knight, the beast, the the, the supernatural character that is the head of the hand has been following the exploits of Frank Castle since he was a child and basically been, if not grooming him, observing him with uh, a lot of interest as he developed into basically what, what, what they would call like the killer of all killers and someone to lead the hand. And, you know, if there is one thing that is a little predictable is how and why Frank Castle would throw in with this group of killers. It does have something to do with uh, magic and something to do with what might actually make Frank Castle happy. So it is, you know, it's, it's predictable in that sense, but at the same time, I'm curious to see how Aaron pulls this off. The art by Jesus Saiz is definitely a draw. Let me uh, click into this issue and get the rest of the creative team because I did not have a chance to type it in before the show. But um, I, you know, listen, I've had some fun reading this. So, uh, so it's actually um, the art is by Jesus Saiz and Paul Azaketa. Uh, colors are by Dave Stewart and letters by VCs Cord Pettit. As I said earlier, it's written by Jason Aaron. So, uh, so that's the gist of the Punisher. There is some, you know, th- there's some definite uh, payoff that's going to come up. You know, it's weird to see Frank dealing with some supernatural stuff 
Um, you know, in, uh, I, I may have mentioned this before, but there's a certain uh, Greek god of war that plays a role in this. It wouldn't be the first time this particular character has kind of mucked it up in earthly um, in earthly matters. Although, you know, I kind of remember him being torn in half by the century. So I forget how he got put back together again, like Humpty Dumpty. Uh, you know, I do, you know, I'll have to Google that and see if I can't, you know, I, I probably read the book where he got put back together again and, you know, by the, by all the King's horses and all the King's men, I just don't remember it. So, uh, bottom line is that is the last book for me. So we can roll into clicks of the week. And by the way, I believe there was, at least I've seen an article stating that, yeah, um, Daredevil and the Punisher will, and Electra will definitely butt heads at some point. It makes all the sense in the world, especially how it's being set up. Right. So, clicks of the week. Uh, we did not get anything from our other co-hosts, I don't believe. We did not. So, here we go. Um... I don't know. You got yours? I have a couple of candidates, and they're surprising candidates. Okay. Um, I actually really enjoyed this issue of Moon Knight, right? Moon Knight number 11. Hmm. Uh, you know, the Punisher number three is actually a surprising candidate as well. Um, you know, I did enjoy Philadelphia number 22. Thing, you know, the, the, what's messed up about Philadelphia is now that there are, it almost seems like there are too many characters running around. Mm-hmm. That in screen time, uh, you know, obviously several of the characters are from the revolutionary era of the United States. And so there are very many uh, characters with obvious with obvious name recognition who need a little bit of screen time and, and speaking time. So it almost seems like things are a little crowded in the pages of Philadelphia. So those are uh, some of my candidates. I actually liked uh, Hulk number seven, uh, you know, because of uh, the fact that uh, the invincible artist whose name I can never remember uh, wasn't drawing it. So <laughs> it, it proved to be very entertaining as well. Gotcha. So those are my thoughts. So I've got a bunch of decent choices to, to, to choose from. What about you? Um, I know I definitely, I had fun with, uh, Avengers 56, um, Godzilla versus, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Also good. Uh, Batman Beyond of Might Light, Might Knight, uh, number three, um, was, was definitely pretty good. Some, some things kind of came together in that one. Um, there's, I know there was a couple of books that I wish I had had a chance to read that, uh, that I, that I was going to read like Legion of X. Um, I, I kind of wanted to get around to that one, but I didn't get a chance to, uh, that teen Titans uh, Academy 15, which was a nice, you know, with that, um, with that, um, tribute to, to, to Joe Perez, definitely good. Uh, even at the outset, outset of it, cause I just skimmed uh, while you were talking, I just kind of skimmed the end of that book to see what happened. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting uh, time this week uh, for books. 
Um, probably if I were to, if I were to pare that list down a little bit, it would probably between be between Avengers and Teen Titans Academy. Uh. I feel like I could see that at this point. With with Batman with the Batman book kind of beyond being on the uh, the front of that, but it, it would definitely be uh, those ones. So and and I kind of feel this is probably not fair because if I were to give it to Teen Titans, it would be on the strength of that that, that uh, Perez uh, tribute and not mm-hmm. anything else that happened in that book. Which, you know. Parts of the, parts of a book is as good as the whole, but at the same time, you know, it, it, that is that is it is subjective one way or the other. <laughs> so, um, hmm, this is a weirdly hard pick this week. I don't know. You. Yeah, because there were some decent reads. I, it's just that I'm having trouble committing to a choice. Yeah, for 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 click of the week. You know, like entertaining, you know, entertainment wise, I think Hulk and Moon Knight were, were pretty good. But I actually did like where the Punisher was going. But I think I'm going to uh, make a decision and I am going with. I'm going to go with Hulk number seven mm. just okay. because it was it was just entertaining. I really like Moon Knight number eleven, though. Yeah, that was definitely um, a, a pretty good read. Also, <laughs> um, I think I'm going to uh, come down on Avengers fifty six. Like I kind of enjoyed the uh, the the uh, the Jane Foster team up uh, that right. happened in that book, um, and I guess what it could be teasing at the outset of it. Um, definitely read that Teen Titans Academy uh, number fifteen, though. It, I, I probably, if you want to know a little bit more about the camera I guess, uh, character that is being used as a tribute, yeah, I guess you will might have to go back to the previous issue, but you probably don't really. If you just wanted to get that part out of it, I don't. I think you can be all right. I feel like it did a pretty decent job of kind of setting the pace on that one between the two characters that were talking and what they were getting out of it. So, uh, yeah, go for it. And that's it, folks. Uh, clicks of the week. Uh, let's get into an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Cinematic news we're starting off with. Uh, Miss Marvel star responds to MCU powers change backlash. Um, 
So, yeah, um, Iman uh, Velani responds to fan backlash regarding the changes to the character's powers. Actually, I'm going to, where's the quote here? Because I'm just going to skip to that because I thought it was a pretty good uh, response. Um, I'm, oh, yeah, it says, uh, but in a new interview from SFX Magazine, Velani responds to the fan uh, backlash over the power change, explaining that ultimately it's the character's journey that matters the most. Uh, Velani even jokes that Kamala could shoot sausages out of her fingers and she couldn't care less as long as it stays true to the character's journey of self-discovery, which is the tweet that I saw, which I thought was kind of, of, of uh, amusing. Um, right. I mean, if they were pork sausages, that might be a problem. Yes, indeed. Just indeed. saying. I'm You're just right. saying. You are correct. <laughs> but the, the actual quote is... Um, no, no. No pork sausages, mom. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm very possessive of Kamala. Uh, I don't mind pork sausages, but some people do. I, I am one of those people who does, and I'm not even Muslim. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, the, the quote is, I'm very possessive of Kamala. I think we, st- we stay true to what the, cam- the comics brought. Uh, the themes have always been about the identity and about marrying the 50 million things that make Kamala. For all I care, she could shoot sausages out of her fingers as long as she still goes on that self-discovery journey, end quote. So, cool beans. You know what? Yeah. Like I said, I'm still looking forward to seeing, seeing this. Like, we, we, we've been braced for the, the change in, her, uh, in the powers long enough to where, like, either you're going to be all right with it or you're not. Like, at this point, it's not going to matter. Next up. I was about to say that's probably in the long line in the in the long run of this uh, podcast. That's that might be our first DOS FX reference. It might be. That's probable. That is quite probable. It might be. It's <laughs> you know it, it's kind of interesting. It's taken us this long. Alrighty. <laughs> next up, a new Daredevil series is in the works at Disney Plus. According to Variety, covert affairs duo Matt Corman and Chris Ord are attached to write and executive produce a series that will once again bring the man without fear into the Marvel fold. So the MCU's already established Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock and Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin uh, in the MCU. So, uh, you know, it, it, seem, it stands to reason that this, is, uh, th- this was kind of a no-brainer. Yep. Um, hey, guess what, folks? You may have seen this by now, but there was a new trailer for Lo- uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, just released a couple of days of this before this recording. Um, did you get a chance to check it out? Yes. Which yes, no, we were talking about it because there is a, a particular scene in which Thor is disrobed oh, yeah. and there's apparently a Nazi <laughs> for a work scene where that was blurred out in the trailer that I saw. Right. And... I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on the fact that Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth apparently is so yoked and so jacked. Yeah, he's ripped. That yeah. he was looks he almost looks like a like a like a, a comic book drawing in real life. <laughs> it's like it's like the uh, the the training that he was that the the character was doing in the uh, in the trailer was the actual stuff he was probably doing. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good trailer. Um. Um. Uh, yeah, and I know there there has been speculations of whether that part is still going to be blurred out um, in the movie or not. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me, but yeah. I know that there is a certain uh, portion of the fan base that really cares yes. about that particular thing. Uh-huh. So, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I definitely 
uh, hear them at the theater. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could probably hear them right now if you listen close enough, honestly. Who? Let's be honest. And that one, the, the one scene where uh, where uh, Valkyrie and Jane Foster kind of sitting there watching this, like that was that was kind of fun, and just to see them together is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that trailer coming out uh, July eighth. We only got um, uh, a little while longer before that movie comes out. I am sitting here debating. I know I didn't do it for, well. Technically, I didn't do it, but we did kind of. It worked out. Actually, it didn't work out the way I uh, planned it because honestly, I was supposed to go see it the week prior, uh, uh, Doctor Strange, the week that it came out, but uh, ended up seeing before we um, recorded the next time. Actually, right, I skipped right, the week right. for the first time in a while because of, right, because of movie protocol. Right, but I don't know. I'm 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 debating. I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be on Thursday night, but I might try to hit a, a earlier matinee than what I did this time. We'll All see. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Next up, though. All right. So next up, Dwayne Johnson has shared an intimidating behind-the-scenes photo of himself as the forthcoming DC Extended Universe uh, movie character, lead character, Black Adam. And, uh, yeah, that's basically him just looking like a tough guy. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about the thing he's uh, he's um, that they got under him. You know, you got to project the jewels, man. And I don't know what the, the <laughs> that I suspect the thing's supposed to lift him up or something. I don't know, but that's I, I don't know. I hope the thing's padded. Um, regardless, oh yeah, if you're watching the video, you're seeing the the picture in question. Sure, there you go. That thing is still a thing. Uh, latest image of from Netflix's Sandman uh, gives us our best look at Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer. So, uh, if you're watching the video version of this program, you can see the picture in question. I understand there was some fan backlash, I guess, because of the casting and whatnot. I don't know. I don't care. I've never read anything on Sandman. <laughs> so, I I couldn't tell you whether it was good or not. Um, go figure. I like Gwendolyn Christie, though, so hopefully she'll, she'll be alright. I'm not going to watch it, I don't think. Next up. Next up, so the CW has unveiled a first look at their newest show, Gotham Knights, which is focused on Gotham City after the death of Batman. The photo was posted to Twitter by showrunner Natalie Abrams, as well as the official Gotham Knights Twitter page. The first look shows off the main cast members, including Oscar Morgan as Turner Hayes, Tyler DiChiara as Cullen Bow. Navia Robinson as Carrie Kelly, Fallon Smythe as Harper Rowe, and Olivia Rose Keegan as Duella. Uh, the show features the children of Batman's famous villains as well. Okay. Yeah, it's very, based off this picture, looks very CW. Um, yeah. So, speaking of CW, uh, Legends of Tomorrow's Katie Lotz uh, reveals scrapped season eight plans. So, as folks may know, um, Legends of Tomorrow has been canceled um, unceremoniously, I guess. 
you could say. Um, but speaking at Motor City Comic Con during a panel, panel with fa- fellow um, uh, Arrowverse star Katie Cassidy, Lots discovered discussed her history with the series following its sudden cancellation, as well as plot points that would have been explored in the planned season eight. I know one of those would have happened to be uh, Booster uh, Donald Faison's Booster Gold, which was a, a last minute addition that apparently didn't <laughs> work out the way they planned it. Um, so yeah, it goes on today. I'm not gonna read into what she's reading, into, but it's in the show notes, and you can check that out for yourself. Next. Alrighty, uh, Mindy Kaling recently shared the first look at her upcoming animated Scooby-Doo spin-off series, Velma. The series is described as a comedic origin story focusing on Velma Jinkies. The first image shows the titled character discovering a dead body, um, and it also has an image of Daphne, who seems to have just jumped out of the shower. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, in a Variety interview, Kaling also addressed the fact that Velma in this version is a woman of color. And uh, she says, hopefully you noticed her Velma is South Asian and she doesn't care if people freak out about that. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. She's never cared. Um, speaking speaking of Velma and um, multiverses, which I didn't get a chance to to play any of it, Velma is in that vault that uh that thing as a playable character apparently uh which is a interesting choice for a smash brothers like uh brawler <laughs> you know uh shaggy is also in it but let's go go figure on that this, and i've seen some gameplay of it it's um kind of amusing next up though anyway um actually speaking on the scooby-doo front uh scooby-doo's first preschool series reinvents mystery inc as puppies so there's a new show coming from HBO Max and Cartoon Network that was recently announced uh, in the Scooby-Doo franchise because you know you got to have one every year or else we all go to hell. Um, it's called Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Pups. The upcoming series will feature the local talent of uh, the Scooby vocal talents, not local, of Frank Welker and Matthew Lilliard as Scooby and Shaggy, which I know Frank Welker has been playing Scooby for the last decade or so, which is kind of funny. Frank Megatron Welker <laughs> yep been playing Scooby and actually Fred now that I think about it Scooby and Fred for like the last 10 20 years or so something like that anyway the two will join the 3D animated series as camp counselors who lead a new crew comp- uh, compromised of puppies on mystery solving adventures at a sleepaway camp the series is expected to debut in 2022 uh, it weirdly reminds me uh, make, puts me in mind of um um, what's the Scooby-Doo kids one? I don't remember. There was probably a couple of them. Pup named Scooby-Doo. That's what it was. I feel mm-hmm. like it, it kind of reminds me that's probably not what it is, though. Um, and Pound Puppies, because we all know. Hey, remember the Pound Puppies? Remember that fact they had the show? You had to be of a certain vintage, folks. <laughs> Next up. Goodness gracious. All right. WandaVision's Matt Shackman is set to direct a Godzilla Apple TV Plus series. Uh, let's see here. Um, Shackman will direct the first two episodes of the series and serve as executive producer. There is not uh, yet a full title for the show available, which Apple TV Plus refers to as Godzilla and the Titans, while also still calling it the Untitled MonsterVerse series. Okay. Yeah, I guess they're still trying to do that. 
Uh, Pluto TV adds new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers channel content to Forever Kids channel. So, yeah, uh, Pluto TV is a streaming service where you can see a lot of um, uh, streaming TV channels. There's one for Stargate. We talked about that one before and other channels, blah, 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 blah. Uh, They're adding Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which uh, the original joint, um, uh, or season or two. And it's apparently, uh, the first season will be streaming on the Forever Kids channel, Monday through Fridays at 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., and every weekend, Saturday, Sunday from, ele- well, excuse me, Saturday at 11 a.m. and again at 5 p.m. And Sundays at 1 p.m. and 12 a.m. Eastern, all Eastern times. So go, go Power Rangers. Next. Speaking of the Power Rangers, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers lineup uh, is set to be returning in their enti- uh, in their entirety for the to the small screen for the franchise's 30th anniversary. According to the Illuminati, Hasbro has reportedly asked all remaining members of the OG Power Rangers team to return for an anniversary special to celebrate Power Rangers' 30-year milestone. 30-year milestone. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on. I. You know what? I, hey, this is all for this shit. Hey, if you think that's bad, the the, the Sentai series that uh, that is based off of is way older than that. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, and that's just the that's the our U.S. version, um, right? So, and and unfortunately, we've already lost the original Yellow Ranger, uh, uh, Tui, uh, Trang, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, and unfortunately, because of the next story, we probably won't get the Red Ranger in this one either. Because Austin St. John, the the original um, Red Ranger, has been charged with wire fraud um, by the the DOJ. Um, And in in addition to 18 other people in the federal indictment with violations of conspiracy conspiracy to commit wire fraud in the Eastern District of Texas. Uh, St. John, whose real name is Jason Lawrence Geiger, which is kind of funny given uh, Jason David Frank. Um, is now the show's well, y'all, y'all, like, like I said, you know who it is. Um, and they're still waiting on details for the charges, according to this art, uh, article. So it says that, um, the defendants have either been arrested or summoned for appearance before a, a federal uh, magistrate court. Uh, if convicted, the 18 charge could be facing up to 20 years in prison. So, yeah. Um, I won't go into the indictment in here, but you can read that for yourself. Next up. All righty. Star Trek franchise has gotten its first female composer as Nami or Nami Malumad visits strange new worlds. So she has been scoring the animated Star Trek prodigy and now has stepped it up a notch and is scoring weekly episodes of strange new worlds. The new Paramount plus series that chronicles the voyages of the pre captain Kirk enterprise. Okay. Good for her. Mm hmm. Um, Gremlin Secret of the Mogwai delivers Mulan and Agents of Shield reunion apparently. So there's going to be an animated um, Gremlins series uh, on HBO Max, and which looks to d- explore um, the lore of the Mogwai and how these curious creatures could be a friend one day and an enemy next, according to this article. Um, and uh, 
the the ties that are are come from Ming Na Wen, James Hong, and B D Wong, who are all uh, voices in this uh, this cast, and as well as a few others, because I think I remember seeing either one of the showrunners or someone uh, talking about this. It's um um it's a pretty good cast, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, of um mostly if not all Asian um, um, characters. So that's kind of dope. Uh, I don't know when this thing is going to be. It doesn't say here, I don't think. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, yeah. It's coming at some point. I don't see when, uh, when it is, though. Next up. All righty. So in an upcoming uh, Star Wars Disney Plus original talk called The Acolyte, um, we get some news that the showrunner show for the Acolyte is said to be a true aficionado of the Star Wars Expanded Universe who will draw inspiration from sources never seen on screen before. Leslie Headland, uh, who best known for her work producing and directing Netflix's Russian Doll, will reportedly utilize her deep knowledge of Star Wars lore when creating the Acolyte. Okay. Um, yeah, so she calls herself a major mega fan of Star Wars. Um, the story is set in the uh, era of the High Republic, which is a hundred years before the Phantom Menace. Yep, I thought it was a few hundred years, but regardless, yeah. Um, which, well, at least a hundred years, I think it might be. Yeah, uh, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Regardless, it's, it's a it's a long time. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Star Wars news, Star Wars Andor series first trailer has been released. Oh, by the way, folks, and I guess we're, we're going to get to that. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. So let me, I'll, I will hush right now. Um, so yeah, 2022 is going to be a big year for Star Wars fans. You know what? If I, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, today is um, the 26th, which is the first day of Star Wars celebration, which is where this and other news is other like news is coming out of uh, Star Wars Celebration, if you did not know, it's a four-day celebration of Star Wars. Though. It's a Star Wars convention. So there's going to be a lot more news uh, coming up, which also is um, partially the reason why Obi-Wan Kenobi um, uh, is coming out on the 27th, which is the day after we record uh, on Friday. So we said last week we were going to be talking about Obi Wan uh, Kenobi, but no, because it's coming out after we record. Anyway, uh, like I said, Star Wars Andor uh, trailer is, is out there. Um, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Agent Seventy, or even no. care. Oh, Andor story, the yeah. Andor one. I think. yeah. Not that it means anything to me, because you know that Andor character was in Rogue One, and it's like, all right, so this is all new. It's interesting to see uh, Dr. Eric Selvig in there. I know, right? I saw that. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> we got a Skarsgård in here. <laughs> they, got a Scar- they got the elder Skarsgård. Exactly, exactly. I was like, yeah, I couldn't remember Selvig's name. So I was like, yeah, so I got his actual name. So, yeah, um, this takes place, I think, obviously, well before the events of Rogue One, because we there is a certain finality in this character. Um, that uh, that was in that movie, so I'm not sure how long before the events that this is. I would imagine it's like at least ten years or so, but I don't know. It probably says so. Regardless, but that teaser trailer is out there. I'm like, sure, it looks all right. Looks all right. Next up. 
Alrighty, so you know, as Roddy Cap mentioned, Star Wars Celebration is going on right now. It's uh, in Anaheim, and it's going to be held on the 26th through the 29th. You can join Star Wars Celebration live on the StarWars.com homepage or YouTube.com forward slash Star Wars from 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time on Thursday, the 26th, and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on subsequent days. There's also a Lucasfilm official live stream. Uh, so, uh, there's going to be, they're going to have, uh, select pan feature select panels along with celebrity guests on the live stage. Star Wars.com will publish panel recaps along with breaking news throughout the weekend. Uh, you can go find that on Star Wars.com and the news and blog section of that webpage. And, uh, you know, there'll be plenty of photo galleries, panels, and, you know, and with a panel, with photo galleries of panels and cosplayers and more on the StarWars.com homepage. So there's plenty of ways to follow what's going on at Star Wars Celebration, uh, including staying tuned to the Comic Book Chronicles right now. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, I know Star Wars uh, YouTube channel will usually keep a lot of uh, the panels, um, the record records of the, the panel. So if, even if you miss today's panels and some of the stuff that's uh, that will come through throughout the weekend, some of that stuff will probably be on the YouTube channel, I'm sure, because they have they've been doing that for the last few years, even before COVID. So um, next up, though, uh, we're going oh, we're to an anime corner right we now are in anime corner. Macross sequels get first U.S. release after a decades-long legal battle. So Macross Frontier will finally be released officially in the United States. Um, Fathom Events announced that it will bring the two Macross Frontier movies, uh, The False Songstress and The Wings of Farewell, Farewell, to the United States with one night special screenings. Uh, The two movies tell a loose adaptation of the 2008 Macross Frontier TV anime and feature a significant amount of new content. Uh, Both movies will be presented with their original Japanese audio tracks with English subtitles, the way God intended. I'm sorry. The false uh, songstress will be screened on June 16th, while The Wings of Farewell will debut on June 30th. Next. All right. Adult Swim reveals the first poster for a new anime, Ninja Kamui. So let's see here. All right, so this is uh, an original anime series. Um, This is Adult Swim working with the director of the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen on a bloody new series that goes by the name of Ninja Kamui. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's see if there's a date on this. It's not. It's Mm -hmm. it's just been announced, so. Probably fall, but yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah, stay tuned. I'm sure we'll 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 let y'all know when we find out. Uh, One Piece reveal. Oh wait, we're getting into uh, the manga section, which is going to the comic books news. Um, snooze. <laughs> One Piece reveals Momo's survi- surprising major save. So this comes from chapter one million eighty seven of One Piece. Actually, chapter uh, one thousand forty nine to be exact sees Luffy nail Kaido with one final and powerful punch and it looks like for now the Emperor has been defeated for good. The problem with that and with Luffy launching that final punch, however, is that Luffy had put all of his faith into making sure that 
Momo was able to save um, somebody from falling. Look, there's some things happen. I don't know. One Piece has been going on forever and a day, and I couldn't tell you one thing from except uh, one thing except for dude in a straw hat and a big rubber rubber fist body. Uh, next. Uh, One Punch Man's newest chapters have been exploring the final climax of the human monster saga, and the newest chapter of the series has set the stage for quite the surprising end of the fight between Saitama and Garou. Okay. Hmm? Yeah, so this is the manga, which, yeah, I know some people may, well, th- very few people will be surprised to know that that's still going on, even though the 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 uh, anime itself was only 12, <laughs> only 12 uh, episodes. Right. I don't think we're ever going to get any more, by the way, of the anime. Really? I don't think so. I have not. I have not heard. Uh, let me read that. I have not heard any said anything about it, and it's been like that. That thing's been out for a few years at this point, and since the manga's been out, you know, still going on. It's kind of weird that we haven't. So go figure. Um, the Riddler goes on a murderous riddle-free t- uh, tear in King and Gerard's the next. Batman tale. Not the next Batman's tale, the but the next Batman tale. Uh DC announced Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler on a the Twitter account. A new one shot from uh Tom King and Mitch Gerard launching this August. Edward Nigma is meticulous until one day he suddenly starts killing at random, the post reads. Uh Batman must race to figure out his motivations the motivation behind the Riddler's spree. Uh, Gerard's also posted an announcement on his Twitter account. Uh, the God, the and with a quote: uh, "The graphic novel is my genuine longtime dream book, and King delivered the absolute perfect script for it. I've never been this excited to get a to get a book into your midst. I've been putting everything I have into every page." End quote. Cool. Next. All righty. Uh, what am I up to? DC unveils Superman's boyfriend's new superhero costume. Really? Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. All right. Uh, so super, uh, Superman, son of Kal-El, number 14, gives Jay Nakamura, John Kent's boyfriend, his own super suit. Where's my super suit? <laughs> On a cover showing off his powers alongside John Kent. Okay. So this is revealed in solicitations for August 2022. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, looking for a picture. Oh, okay. So he's in green and white. With pink hair. Oh, yeah. uh, Max is blue. Or green. Oh, Wayfarers. Wait, what? Wayfarer. Oh. <laughs> I had to look down. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like a teal. It's like a blue teal. Okay. <laughs> okay, gotcha. But yeah, uh, well, if you're watching the video. Underscore 70 is wearing darker sunglasses than normal today for this show. Right. So. I had to uh, lift the sunglasses just a touch to see what the actual color of um, uh, Nakamura's uh, costume was. Right. If you're watching the video, you can see the the uh, image for yourself. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a greenish blue, though, so I'm, I wasn't too off. Uh, DC Comics is about to kill Black Adam. I mean, didn't they just kill the Justice League? They did just kill the Justice League, but we uh, I, I suspect they're coming back whether whether he will or not, don't know. Um, so yeah, Black Adam again. <laughs> so in this, uh 2022, the Black uh, the Shazam villain uh joined the Justice League and ahead of his theatrical de- debut, Black Adam will start in his own solo series. 
uh, which has been written by Christopher Priest. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to remember if I put it in this clickbait section. I think I did. Yeah, there's an article. If you go to our clickbait section, um, there's an article from Games Radar uh, uh, that postulates that uh, why Black Adam writer Christopher Priest thought DC would fire him. So go figure. Uh, but yeah, written by Christopher Priest with art by Rafa Sandoval. The, uh, the title will explore the character's immortality fading away, forcing him to choose a worthy successor, which I think may have already happened if if what I saw in Teen Titans uh, Academy is to be believed. I am not sure. But um, actually, no, I am pretty sure now that I think about it. Um, but as revealed in the August 2022 solicitations for DC Comics, Black Adam number three will kill the fan favorite character, though his descendant Malik uh, will try to bring him back to life, which sounds kind of familiar. Next. All right. Green Lantern launches an all-out war on the Justice League's murderers. In Dark Crisis number three by writer Joshua Williamson and artist Danielle Samper. Uh, Green Lantern Hal Jordan will fight to avenge his fallen teammates. So, spoiler alert, in Justice League number 75, the entire team was killed by, you guessed it, our favorite <laughs> crisis character, Pariah, and an army of villains assembled by the, green, by the Great Darkness. So, um, you know, in the August 2022 solicitations revealed by DC Comics, Star Crisis number three promises that... Uh, Readers are going to see how Jordan wage war against the Great Darkness, while the cover drawn by Daniel Samper shows the hero charging Pariah with constructs of the Justice League. And Pariah crying all the way. Stop. Um, That's right. <laughs> you know, jingle bells, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And your 2022 Eisner Award nominees are. Um, listed in this article that um uh, that I'm showing on the screen right now. Which wait, did the Eisner happen? Because I could have sworn. Yeah, I think the Eisner might have happened. I just forgot to get the um, uh, who won. But I know Boom Studios won ten, uh, ten Eisners awards because I do have that article somewhere. But I just forgot to get the rest of them. But regardless, this article is full of all of the um, um, all of the uh. The uh, the nominees, and I'm sure next week uh, I will have a list of uh, who won. Next, uh, I was wondering, did you see the news about a Mandalorian season three first footage debuting at Celebration? No, that might have come out um, probably. Um, so it, I'm sure that probably came out today because it was the first day. So. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, it definitely came out today. It came out like a few hours, like five hours ago. So, yeah, or like, yeah, I like eight, seven, six hours ago. So Yeah, I wasn't you know, on the I internet then. If you, you had a chance to take a look at it. Uh-uh. Uh, like I said, I wasn't on the internet then, but I'm not surprised. I should have because of, because of that stuff, but I didn't. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. We'll probably watch it before we sign off tonight, folks. Indeed. Yeah. And it'll probably be in the show notes, uh, either if not this week, then next week. <laughs> All right. Next up, so uh, the Power Rangers have a new non-binary edition uh, named the Death Ranger. I mean, why does the non-binary character have to be the Death Ranger? It can't be the Life Ranger. Yeah. Um, and they look every bit as bad as the name 
implies, and they haven't even arrived yet. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, look, there it is. Um, so, yeah, if you're watching the video, you can see the, the picture of it. Apparently, there are people that are going gaga over the, the character hey. already. Um, right, and the thing, we're talking about comic books here. So this is a Boom Studios book mm-hmm. by Kyle Higgins, Henry Prasetya, and Steve Orlando. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Power Ranger stuff, we're going to go into Toys Corner. Oh, wait, with. I apologize. I apologize. That's actually, those are the creators who did uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one back in 2016. So apparently um, this oh, Power Rangers Unlimited universe. Dark Ranger number one is set to hit store shelves on August 31st. I apologize for that mistake. Oh, okay. Because there was a yeah, Power Rangers book that came out this Alor. week. Yeah, this is written by, I'm sorry. This is written by... Um, there is some information in this article about the creative team. So uh, Paul Allor um, is writing and has art from Catherine Lobo. And, uh, yeah, that's as far as they go so far with the credits. Sure. Um, right. Um, yeah. Anyway, like I said, uh, Toy Corner, uh, Power Rangers. Um, I, yeah, then there was a Power Rangers book that came out this week, but I didn't read it. Another Power Rangers book, as opposed to the one I did read. Um, <clears throat> Lightning Collection, Blue Ranger, Power Lance, and Helmet on pre-order right now. So if you're watching the video, you can see the um, the uh, picture of the Power Lance, and you can see the helmet. Uh, let's see, the Power Lance is uh, 131.99. There's a pre-order already. And the Ranger prop helmet is eighty nine ninety nine. Uh, both pre-orders at a um, well, I'm sure that's out there outside of um, where this is pointed to because they have a, a sponsor link probably. So we won't say. Next, Asmodee's June releases include Star Wars Outer Rim expansion, Legion, Marvel, and more. So these are this is some. Uh, tabletop gaming stuff mm-hmm. so uh, there's a lot to this uh, particular announcement so please check our show notes for more information yeah good stuff um i like some of my D stuff i'm going to take the next one two three of these because they're hell- please please because they all have to do with celebration and merch uh, so there's a ton of Star Wars Celebration 22 exclusives, including apparel, co- uh, collectibles, and much more. Some of this might also run together, but I'm not sure. So this first article um, is like a coffee. There's that frog lady from Mandalorian. I think this is a towel or a poster with um, uh, Anakin on it. But there's a slideshow with a bunch of other stuff on it uh, in it that you can check out in the show notes. Uh, the next article is... Uh, the one that I was wanted to focus on with uh, new Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi Inquisitor Reva figures, Black Series, and Vintage Collection collection cases, and more. So yeah, I think this. Uh, I want to say the, bef- the day before Celebration, this was announced. Um, uh, in a because I saw the the Hasbro Pulse uh, um, video for the Reva character uh, b- before today. So yeah, so fans can now pre-order the Reaver character, Reva action figure because that's right, because the pre-orders, they were announcing stuff and the pre-orders were for today because of the first day of celebration. So there's the Reva character, which is the, the third sister uh, Inquisitor, the retro collection. Um, as you can see here, there's um, the retro co- collection of uh, Luke, Leia, Chewbacca, Han Solo, Darth Vader, and the Stormtrooper. 
Uh, I had a couple of those, and I'm mad I still don't. Because <laughs> um, I think I had Luke, and I think I had um, Chewbacca, and I'm, I'm, okay. I'm and I'm mad I don't have them anymore. Uh, let's see. You, there's a it's a six pack for sixty nine ninety nine of the the aforementioned uh, characters. The Reva is twenty four ninety nine. Uh, the Vintage Collection Reva is fourteen ninety nine. And the retro collection Reva uh, is eleven ninety nine, and like I said, all of these are um, you can pre-order right now. I am definitely going to. Uh, I-, I had that Black Series one on lock already. Uh, let's see, was there? Was that it? Nope, I think that's it. Next up is uh, oh yeah, the last one is um, how to get Star Wars Celebrations twenty twenty two Funko Pop exclusives. Uh, which you can go into this, which I get, well, point blank, you can go to Funko.com because it's all on there, fairly certainly. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some stuff that's on the, on the show floor that you can get. But uh, a lot of the stuff, is, according to this article, is available to pre-order at their respective um, retailers on the 27th, which is uh, the day after we record. So probably by the time you hear this, uh, you'll probably be able to go to uh, Funko.com or wherever and... Uh, um, order the pops that you see on the video screen if you are watching the video version of this uh, pro- program. Next up. Marvel Snap is a speedy digital card di- game from former Hearthstone developers. So this is um, this offers the same flavor of Multiverse of Madness uh, by throwing everybody from everywhere in a big pot, shaking and seeing what kind of shenanigans come out. So Marvel Snap, uh, you know, they've got the power, is a new collectible oh, card game that its creators claim has some of the fastest gameplay in the collectible card game space. So matches apparently only last about three minutes and players take turns simultaneously. So there's no waiting for your opponent to just finally figure out they have lethal and kill you already. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interest. So yeah, there was there's a um there's a closed beta or closed alpha I believe is going on right now. Unfortunately, I did not get into it. Um, and for for Android phones, I mean, I'm upset about this. But and from the uh, folks, what brought you? Well, some ex folks that what brought you um, Hearthstone, including a couple of known names with their new studio. So I'm looking forward to checking this out whenever I saw it. Um. I know Agent 70 might not be in the card games, but some of the art for some of these cards he might be interested in because it's done done by some 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 known folks. Um, All right, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, cool. it might be you know, like you say, you're interested. You know, I'm the lyrical Jesse James. <laughs> Boo. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we always bring the the, the the musical references to the show, folks. Indeed, indeed. Next up, which probably should have been before this, nevertheless, but um, Funko announces exclusive Marvel Studio Selects lines of uh, collectibles. So Funko and Marvel have announced a new program involving the release of exclusive collectible figures. Marvel Studio Selects is a new program created in collaboration with, between Funko, Marvel, and Target. Uh, recently announced by Funko and Marvel, the Marvel Studio Selects program will unveil a new exclusive collectible on the last Monday of every month, starting on May 30th. 
Uh, each collectible will be inspired by Marvel Studios' most popular movies and television series, with many based on the heroes and villains featured throughout the MCU. Products will be available exclusively at Target, both in-store and online. Uh, announcements regarding Marvel Studios Selects will be available on Funko's official Twitter and Facebook accounts at Original Funko. Um, I believe we might have seen a couple of these. Cause I think the Layla one might have been a, a part of that, um, but I'm not sure. But regardless, hey, um, that's what, next week? Actually, that's not even next week. It's in a couple of days, May the, uh, May the 30th. So, well, t- yeah, May, next week. Duh. Next up. All right. So uh, the Marvel MMO from DC Universe Online Developers has been canceled. So this is only months after its initial announcement. Daybreak Games' Marvel MMO has been canceled. Uh, disappointing fans who hoped for a DCUO experience. So um, this is canceled mo- only months after confirming its active development. So yeah, that's that, that's a shame. I you know I, I'm not a gamer, but it's a shame that you know something that would have been pretty cool and I might have actually thought about getting into, um, you know, was is just now canceled right from under everybody. You didn't, you didn't, um, oh man, I wish Marvel Heroes was still around. That was so good. You would have enjoyed it, I think, because it wasn't, it was less of an MMO and more action-y, even though it was in a, it was a multiple, uh, massively multi, multiplayer Player. setting. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I think you would have enjoyed that while it was, uh, while it was still good, because it was really good, though. You could, okay. you play it as, I would say pretty much anything, but anybody, but that's not entirely true. Um, but it was good. And uh, they had your boy Cap representing quite lovely. <laughs> I dare say Storm was actually pretty good too. Uh, man, I miss that game. I miss that game so much. But um, I mean, for for a lot of those characters, especially a lot of my favorite characters, you know, we had Marvel versus Capcom. So true. But this is like you know, you just pretty much could go go around the world. And uh, the Hulk was actually pretty great too. Once you got him, right. um, once you got him up to snuff. Um, actually, it didn't even take long to do that. So, Marvel Heroes was so good; it really was. Now, the only the the, the drawback here, the, I guess, because it was this canceled one was by the same people who did DCUO, which DCUO is kind of boring. Which is the the the, the, the DC MMO, uh, like a, a strict MMO, um, a more stricter MMO as opposed to what uh, Marvel Heroes was. So, I was kind of leery about what the Marvel version of it was, but I would have still played it. Um, and maybe they would have hopefully learned some lessons from DCUO uh, in dealing with the Marvel one, but I guess we will never find out now. Next up, is that me? Oh, uh, Marvel's Defenders Fantastic Four gather for Matt Murdock's uh, funeral. That's from Devil's Reign Omega Number One, which uh, eighteen right. seventy already talked about, so we don't have to worry about right. that. I didn't spoil this part, so yeah. Yeah, which yeah, it's, it, it's the the article's title is not exactly indicative of what it seems. Right. That's all I will say about that. Next. Yep. All right. The X Men's and Mister Sinister's new evolution is hulkishly smashing. So his. Massive Hulk-like upgrade in the latest issue of Immortal X-Men. So this is from last week by writer Kieran Gillen and artist Lucas Vernick. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's a radical transformation. It's not exactly what it sounds like, but yeah. Yeah, I still have, uh, have yet to read that, but I guess I will. Um, it's like Weapon H. A li- yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely um, uh, hints of that. Mm, gotcha. 
Um, Marvel just introduced a mutant with belly button net superpowers. Yay. And this is spoilers for The Excellent, number three, which is, I think, from last week. Uh, and I'm not reading it. So Same. Um, but, uh, huh? I said, nor am I. Right. So, yeah, the, uh, the Excellent, number three, comes from writer Peter Milligan, artist uh, Michael Allred, and colorist Laura Allred, letterers uh, Nate Piesco, Piecos of Blambot. That's a new one. <laughs> we haven't dealt with a Blambot uh, uh, during during our during our time, uh, but yeah, so carried into this, uh, the excellent all hang around the Zeitgeist's home after a standoff with the Ecstatics and the recent death of Joe Bomb, and uh, apparently there are some new members coming on to the tune, including whoever this person is with the belly button lint uh, powers. Why? Next. <laughs> All right, so you too can enter to own uh, to win all six Penguin Classics Marvel Collection titles. So um, you can win early copies of The Amazing Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Captain America in both deluxe hardcover and iconic uh, black spine formats. And you can go to the website. Um, uh, sites.prh.com forward slash penguin classics marvel sweepstakes hashtag sweepstakes to uh, enter to for enter for a chance to win and if that's too long for you you can just go to the article in the show notes and, and yeah I literally was reading the URL <laughs> yeah but at least it wasn't like a bunch of jumbled letters it was just a bunch of like legible words with the hashtag in there yeah that's true that is also true these look good though and uh, I did definitely um, put my put my put my stake in there. Uh, I doubt if I'll win, but hey, you know, like I said, gotta you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't make, right? Yep, that's what they tell you. Last but not least, uh, in a year of free comics, uh, there's a new uh, web comic called Iris Complex. Iris Complex. Um, and apparently it was created and written by Josh Tierney and illustrated by Cassio Rivera. Um, the Tapas series dives right into a mystery, which was uh, a, one, a young woman wakes up in a field one smoldering afternoon with only five buildings and nothing else around her. She has no idea who she is or how she got there. But as she searches the bag she's holding, <clears throat> the bag, I was about to say the bag of holding she's holding. <clears throat> Excuse me. She finds a college architecture textbook. Uh, a test sheet with the name Iris on it and a key ring holding five different keys. Uh, deciding to see if the keys match the building and assuming her name is Iris, she enters the first building, a creepily quiet uh, apartment complex with the mysterious landlord. Once inside, Iris starts having flashes of memories and, and in some cases, these memories trigger emotions inside her she can't fully explain. If any of that um, sounds interesting to you, then you can check out the Iris Complex <clears throat> On tapas.io, or you can go to the link in the show notes to check that out. And that's it, folks, for uh, the news. Let's get one last ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Help keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. 
for every purchase made on Amazon through our link. Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. That's it, folks. Um, we are on the cusp of two episodes of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi in just a few hours as of this recording. By the time you hear this program, they would have already been out and you would have gone either go gaga over it and or complaining, complaining and more complaining. And I hope you There's stupid... somewhere in between. Yes, and I hope you stupid-ass people don't send uh, Moses Ingram any death threats, even though she has been warned but probably not having any kind of protections to the stupid fandom who don't like change or don't like this and then the other. Um, find a life, you dumbasses. Anyway. I'm not, I'm not sure what Roddy Cat is talking about at this point, but okay. There was an article out there on uh, saying that Moses uh, Ingram, who plays Reva, uh, the, the third sister, uh, was told by Lucasfilm that, hey, the, the fandom can, and can get, get a little nasty. But, oh, you mean because in the cartoon she was gray? What cartoon? The third sister, the 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 which one call it in uh, Rebels? No, that's the no 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 no. That's not the. I don't think that's the same. This is a new character. I don't think it's the same one. You think it's the sixth sister, aren't you? Possibly. Yeah, I think you might be oh, thinking the sixth sister. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, six sister, six sister, and safe brother. Who I believe one of which, one and or both of which may be showing in uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I know seven brother is, uh, but six sister I don't think shows up in this uh, this live action show. But no, no, no. This is just Lucas. I had to get that article and show you. But yeah, no, they um, they basically told her to like, yeah, the fandom could be kind of kind of kind of rough. But I don't think they give her any kind of protections outside of just telling her that. Um. Because as we know, what happened with um, uh, Rose Tico and, and other and other characters, you know, the fandom is stupid, can be stupid, or certain parts of the fandom can be very stupid. I'll put it that way. Uh, anyway, that being said, uh, like I said, uh, celebrations going on. Hopefully, you enjoy that and enjoy uh, Obi Wan Kenobi as it's coming out. We uh, will talk about the, the two episodes um, next week. Um, yeah, because um, our only other option was to um, forego recording until then, and I didn't want to put Agent Seventy through that, even though he yeah. may or may he may or may not have been down for it, but I didn't think to ask. <laughs> so, regardless, uh, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. Uh, you can find me News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. <laughs> Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com is on umbrella sites therein. And, of course, uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. TheClickNation.com. And last but not least, but mostly comicbook.com where he's over there writing his face off you can find this here podcast on the Coast Little Podcast Network CSPN.us do it today you can also find this podcast on your podcast for the place of choice whether it be Google Play Apple iTunes aka Apple Podcasts Spotify or the Coast Little Podcast Network SoundCloud page 
Uh, you could find us also um, recording every Thursday night, uh, 9.30-ish p.m. at the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's the YouTube.com slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. So, yeah, like and subscribe, you know, five-star reviews, all that good jazz. Uh, listen, we'll be back next week, folks. This has been The Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. And knowing is half the battle.